You're listening to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Alabama first and 10 on the 12. Again, Houston. He's got a hole. He's over. Alabama touchdown. I'm just wondering if your listeners know how good a football player you were. I can still see you playing that fullback, knocking those players out of the, out of the way. And I believe I could have run behind you. Martin, I can remember when we came to center and you were playing fullback up there. And I saw you in the weight room and watched the workout in the weight room. At least you picked up, you were strong enough to pick up the whole weight room. I wanted to fix it and I ran back to the same thing. Biggest, biggest mistake we ever made. The Martin Houston Show with national championship winning fullback Martin Houston. Giving you one hour of intense, hard-hitting analysis from an insider's perspective. It's time for the Martin Houston Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Good morning. Welcome to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 on your radio dollar. Martin Houston Show fan page on Facebook. It is time to get a hump day edition of a Martin Houston Show rolling. Can't do it without you, so I want to invite you to join the Martin Houston Show on uh, Tide 100.9. You can call us and interact with us at 205-342-9904, 205-342-9904. That's the Taco Casa hotline. So give us a call. Let us know that you are engaged and ready to talk. Also, you can post your thoughts and comments on the Martin Houston Show fan page on Facebook. Give us a call and let us know what's on your mind. Remember that this is a day that the Lord has made. So let's rejoice and be glad in it. Take some time today to notice someone, love someone, serve someone. Be the difference you want to see in the world today. Like I said, it's a hump day edition, and we are ready to engage with you. We got Jacob, I mean, yes, yeah, Jacob Harrison in this morning. So he's going to lead us off uh, here in just a few minutes with uh, True False. And then we'll have a little uh, grades opportunity for you to give a grade for the tie two weeks in. Also, an uh, opportunity for you to talk about what you had as a takeaway for the Alabama Crimson Tide, and we do it each and every day. What are you looking forward to the next time you get to see the Crimson Tide? So all of that and more. Remember, this is the Sound of Alabama Sports, your show, your team. So you're able to bring topics to the table that I may not have brought up, may not have even thought about. Our other listeners may have the same topics rolling around in their heads. So bring them to the table. And once again, you can do that by calling the Taco Casa hotline at 205-342-9904. Taco Casa quality, taste value under the biggest cactus in town. Six locations in Tuscaloosa and West Alabama to better serve you. One up in Birmingham off of Lakeshore Drive. That's Taco Casa quality, taste, and value under the biggest cactus in town. Good morning, Jacob. How you doing, sir? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? Doing well. I'll toss it over to you for a uh, segment of True False. Okay, so I want to get started because uh, Joe Gaither wrote a column last night that uh, I really am excited to read once I get off later in the morning. Um, But true or false, Mac Jones is 2020's Joe Burrow. Uh, 
you have to say early on um, that that he's doing some things that would make you uh, begin to keep your eye on him. I don't want to put him uh, squarely as uh, Joe Burrow, but right now, <laughs> if KJ Costello, of course, sitting at 936 yards, isn't that crazy? Uh, through two games. Uh, this week's matchup features uh, the second and fourth ranked passer, uh, or tied for third, actually. Kyle Trask and Mac Jones sitting at 684, and Matt uh, Corral uh, sitting at 715. So he's in the top four in the SEC, and, and that's funny even in itself uh, in terms of SEC having passers with those types of numbers. Uh, I've said all offseason – that I think Mac Jones has a opportunity to become a, a Joe Burrow type player. And the reason I said that Jacob is because I think that the, the situation with Joe Burrow was that he was a grad student, online courses, not having to be in class, getting a lot more time. He was almost an NFL quarterback, fifth year guy with, uh, freedom to study film. And I think Mac Jones got a little bit of that being that he's already in his master's program here at the university. So I'm going to say through two games, Mac Jones is Joe Burrow uh, of 2020. So I'll say true. Yeah. And I, what are I your thoughts? yeah, I definitely agree with that assessment. D does he steal the first overall pick from Trevor Lawrence? Probably not. Does he throw for 60 Probably touchdowns? Not. Almost definitely not. But can he rise from a guy that you're thinking is a six-round pick to a first-round pick and potentially win a Heisman? Most definitely. Absolutely. Uh, but moving on to the next question, this this one is uh, this one's my baby because I've been worried about those sacks off the edge. Um, only three sacks so far through the season, but Missouri liked to run the ball. But here comes Lane Kiffin's offense that loves to toss the rock around. True or false, does Alabama's defense come up with three or more sacks? I actually had uh, last week one of my bold predictions was that Will Anderson would have two sacks in the game. Um, that didn't pan out, uh, but uh, I do think that sometimes that comes down to opportunity as well uh, as uh, the the way a kid is playing. I think he'll be more comfortable. I think Christian Christopher Harris, uh, not Christopher Harris, but Christopher Allen is playing at a higher level. Uh, so I think that this is the week uh, because of just, first of all, just the pure nature of how often Lane Kiffin puts that rock in the air. And I think how often he will have to put it in the air, Jacob, and not just putting it in the air because you want to. I think there's going to be this pressure to try to catch up to the to Alabama, if that makes sense. So they're not going to be able to just dink and dunk. I think he's going to have to, take some shots, which means it's longer pass plays, deeper drops. And, of course, I think that all translates into a better opportunity for Alabama to create some pressure. I hope to see some blitzes as well. And so between inside linebackers getting pressure, uh, Christian Barmore being back in, and uh, the outside guys playing at a higher level, I say they will have three or more sacks. So true. Yeah, and I tend to agree as well. And for similar reasons to what you said, 
you've got to take a drop out of the shotgun. Even a three-step drop out of the shotgun puts you in danger of Will Anderson and, and Chris Allen coming off the edge. So uh, you win some and you lose some trying to f- face this blitz-happy defense. Uh, okay, so uh, uh, we'll step away from Alabama for one question. Has the Big 12 played its, itself out of the playoffs after last week's losses by Texas and Oklahoma, and is effectively Oklahoma State their last hope? I would say, um, first of all, Lincoln Riley complained a lot and had a lot of issues this offseason and looked like he should have been more focused on getting his players ready uh, as they they have struggled. Uh, Texas should be 0-2. Uh, as well, and that that's kind of that would be kind of like looking at Georgia and Alabama, uh, Jacob, and then someone else having to step in and fill that spot. I think we have a few more teams prepared to have the national recognition to do that. I don't know if the Big Twelve does, uh, so I would say they they have played themselves out because I don't see Oklahoma State from what I've seen from them, because they could have easily lost, I think it was to Tulsa as well, uh, and I don't see them running the table. Uh, I see them ending up with a couple losses, and with those guys still left to play each other, those three that we just mentioned, I'm going to say that that there's not going to be a single team in the Big 12 with fewer than two losses, and in a shortened season, I think that that probably means that – you're probably looking potentially at uh, the Big 12 being left out. And let me ask you, let me, I'm, I'm kind of piggyback off of that question for a second. With that said, uh, the Pac-12 is going to only have seven games. So to me, whoever wins that championship is going to have to look really, really impressive uh, to get into the conversation. And would a Miami team that uh, – ends the season and if correct me if I'm wrong, they're in the same division with Clemson, correct? Uh best I can remember, yeah. I, if I remember correct. Yeah, I think so. Uh, if Miami loses a close one to Clemson and runs the table and is sitting there the last week and Clemson goes on and wins the championship, Alabama wins the championship or Georgia, uh and then Ohio State do you would you would you think of Miami with a one loss to the number one team in the country in a close game may even get in over uh, a, a second place SEC team like say Georgia loses to Alabama in a close one Miami loses in a close one which one of those guys are going in <laughs> I mean you know you kind of think about I don't know if Miami can do it, but they seem to be a little more of a threat than they have been in the past. Well, I've I've said since before the season started that I thought that Florida would be the number four team because I anticipate them going undefeated, handling Georgia quite easily, uh, and and losing close to Alabama in Atlanta. I- so uh, to to converse that with Miami, I'm not sure if Miami has the ability to do that. I. I kind of in a way hope they do just for football's sake but i would absolutely take a one loss florida or a one loss miami to get into the playoffs over an eight no pac-12 team because we've seen pac-12 teams in the playoffs before and it usually doesn't work out and to base that success off of eight games that's tough to do 
Yeah, you, you bring up a good point. I, I said Georgia, but uh, trash and company seem to be legit as well. Hey, I'll toss it back to you for uh, one or two more uh, true-false questions. Yeah, so let's go back to the defense. Uh, Alabama's defense, true or false, will score another touchdown for the second straight game. Yeah, true. I think once again you're looking at the same type of situation as the sacks. They put that thing up a lot, and um, their defense can't tackle very well. So I would assume the offense probably suffers from the same syndrome. Uh, so if we can get our hands on a pick or two, and I, I'll, I'll make a, a bold prediction uh, either today or tomorrow regarding um, uh, what our defense is going to do from a, from a turnover standpoint as well, but I'm going to go true. I think Bama defense gets a, another defensive, non-offensive touchdown. That's interesting because Matt, Car- Matt Corral has thrown 60 passes, but he's completed 46 of them and has only thrown one interception through the first two weeks of the game. And, in fact, that has been their only turnover so far. So that, that would be interesting, but obviously Alabama's defense will be the best one they've played. Uh, final one, true or false? Uh, we assume that Alabama is going to win this game, and probably by a hefty margin. Although there will be a lot of scoring on both sides, I believe. But true or false, Coach Saban will try to rub it in on Lane Kiffin. <laughs> he, he has, that's one of the the intriguing matchups uh, of of the college football season already. Coach Saban taking on uh, Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin with with everything within him. Uh, he is going to try to become the first assistant to beat Nick Saban. So I, that's why I think you're going to see Jacob potentially some turnovers uh, in this game get crazy because I think Lane's going to try a little bit of everything. I will not be surprised if you're not seeing running backs throw the ball, wide receivers throw the ball, passes to linemen. I mean, it's going to be crazy backyard-style free-for-all football Uh but at the same time, Nick Saban has tried to remain calm. And since that, I think it still gets in his crawl about losing that game to Clemson when Jalen Hurts was a, a quarterback. And I, even though he's never said public, I think he puts the blame on Lane Kiffin, forcing his hand to let him go with whatever he did. I, I think he, I think Nick Saban, in his own way, in his own way, will seek revenge, and yes, true, he will rub it in. Uh, what are you thinking in terms of that? I wouldn't put it past Saban, to be honest. I don't know if it's necessarily the bad blood as much as just trying to close games out uh, from a strategic standpoint. Because we saw last week, uh, Saban has all the respect in the world for Jimbo, uh, but when Jimbo's team wouldn't stop you know, making an effort to close the gap, uh, you saw Mac you know, launching some of those deep balls. So uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see it happen. Um, although in, you know, not necessarily uh, the same fashion as other Bama fans, I'm hoping for a, a slightly closer game, especially if the weather plays a factor, uh, you know, try to run the ball a little bit more. Yeah. And, and the other thing, Jacob, on you, you just bring up a good point. You look at what he did against Jimbo. He left the varsity, the varsity, the first string in uh, uh, pretty much, throughout the entire game. And as you said, he still kept running the offense, even though the game was clearly out of hand. 
But I go back to what he did against Jimbo, I mean, uh, Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. Even though that that was a statement being made physical, you know what I mean? Like when he ran Najee Harris and he just – because we could have took a knee, we could have done anything. But he was going to make that last statement. I see that combination of trying to get his team better, trying to teach them to play four quarters uh, because these guys have not had to do that. Uh, where it was a tight game, he is going to do that and that combination of that. And, you know, we're all human. Uh, he, Saban has a little bit of that. Um, I want to get you in him as well. Uh, so I'm going to say uh, if he can, he will. Uh, and it may not even be that, that that he has to do it. It may just happen as a course of Alabama being that much better than Ole Miss. You listen to the Martin Houston Show right here on your home for Alabama sports. That was a hump day edition of true false coming back on the other side. We'll have some more of that conversation. If you want to get in on it, the phone lines are open 205-342-9904. So give us a call. Uh, Also, we'll talk about what are some of the takeaways from the games, grades, looking forward to, et cetera. That conversation up next right here on the Tide home for the University of Alabama Sports. Tide 100.9 Traffic. The town's of Nissan Traffic Center. No wrecks on this Wednesday morning. Traffic moving well. Now, we do see some congestion on 69 northbound near Shelton and Bear Creek Road. If you see other conditions, just give us a call. It's dealing time at Towns of Nissan. They've got a tremendous selection with great cash back offers. I'm Captain Ray. A very warm day today with a good supply of sunshine, the high 88. For tonight, mostly fair with a low at 57. Tomorrow, a mix of sun and clouds with a high at 86. And Friday, mostly cloudy with a chance of showers during the day. Friday's high at 80. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Scott Smith and Southmark Design doing business for 17 plus years, specializing in graphic design services, commercial printing, promotional products, advertising specialties, and so much more. Basically, any and everything you would need to advertise, promote, and grow your business. Through strong partnerships, strong customer service, and creative ideas, they'll help you market and grow your business. Give Scott a call at 205-292-4680 or email scottis at comcast.net and visit them online at southmarkdesign.com. Interact with the Martin Houston Show by calling us at 205-342-9904 or tuning into the Martin Houston Show on Facebook. We're back in with the Martin Houston Show. Overflow Express Wash, overflowexpresswash.com is where you can find them online. You can physically find them located on Scotland Boulevard, right past Alabama One, one of our other fine sponsors, right next door to Alabama One is the Overflow Express Wash. That's their current location, second location opening soon in Northport off of 82. You can go uh, see Andy Phillips and his team. They'll help you get your car showroom clean inside and out. Remember, the Taco Casa hotline is open for business, 205-342-9904. Give us a call. Let's go to Pat. Uh, who has patiently waited. Pat, you in with the Martin Houston Show. What's on your mind? Good morning, Martin. 
Uh, first off, congratulations on all the new callers. Oh, it's been difficult to get in to talk to you, as well as Ellis waiting to the last minute understands now. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, I want to get a, uh, a kind of a question in for Hank. It's real easy for you to remember. Uh, about two weeks ago, y'all were talking about, and he said something about that Coach Saban said was like three positions left for the 2021 class. Well, from what numbers were when I was first calculating, uh, we were going to take 26 of this class. That would say that they were, we got 21. That mean there was five. Well, oh, does that mean there's two silent commits? And see if you can't pin Hank down tomorrow. Uh, because I, I've got to go down to the coast to move a boat. Okay. And, uh, because, uh, you know, there's still big time. Uh, they've missed every storm. And speaking of that, for this weather forecast for this ball game uh, Saturday, the storm has moved further to the west, which means Vault Hemingway Stadium, whatever's left of that storm when it comes over North Mississippi, uh, is going to be on the right side, which is going to be the wettest side of that storm. Hey, it may be very difficult to pass. What do you think? Well, I, I was talking to someone about this yesterday. Uh, what could be the impact of the 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 storm on the game? And of course, a wet ball uh, means more difficult time passing the ball, uh, and then also it could lead to more turnovers from running backs carrying the ball. So uh, when we played, we used to do some wet ball practices. I don't know if Saban does that or not. Uh, where the balls are actually dipped in water uh, to get wet beforehand. So it'd be interesting to see if Saban does that. But I would say if it's raining and it's soaking and they're able to continue to play the game, I say advantage goes to Alabama uh, quickly, even without a passing game, because I think Alabama will be able to run the ball effectively and even more effectively on an Ole Miss team if they have to just go to the run game versus Ole Miss having to go to a running game and run it on Alabama. Absolutely, absolutely. That, uh, but uh, uh, anyway, hopefully uh, hey, this time next week we're going to be talking about a big offensive lineman committing to Alabama. And, uh, I'm still dreaming about this being the most fantastic offensive line that's ever been on paper. You thinking Mims is going to commit to Alabama next week? Uh, that's my hopes. I'm, uh, uh, oh, I mean, you know, if God answers football prayers, that's, that's, <laughs> one, that's it. Well, well, you mean your football prayer because I'm sure that Georgia and Tennessee also are sending up some prayers yeah, but, as but well. We're, but, but, Martin, we're good Baptists down here, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> And uh, you know, and hey, and and, and and we got it covered because we got a Catholic coach. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. You got anything okay. else? Right. I'll let you go. No, 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 Martin. That uh, uh, but hey, hey, have a blessed day. You're doing a great job, and congratulations to you and your sidekick because uh, uh, I mean, we're picking up callers from all over the country, and uh, so uh, keep it up, man. Have a blessed day, okay? Bye-bye. All right. As Pat, one of the faithful listeners, callers, viewers of the Martin Houston Show, uh, we got a new one calling in this morning, Shannon. 
Uh, you're in with the Martin Houston Show. What's on your mind? Hey, Martin. Hey, buddy. Shannon Bay Hall. I grew up in Albertville. Hey. Uh, close to your hometown center. Yeah, absolutely. I went to Last Chance U out of high school, played Juco ball, and then went to Jacksonville State. Uh, okay. Stomping ground. Um, absolutely. So, man, I played that. Yeah, hey, look, man, I played fullback. I was a little undersized. I was 210, 5'10, 2'10. Um, Basically, I uh, played fullback because everybody else was faster than I was, and I was a good blocker, so that put me at <laughs> I can relate to that. Fullback. I can, re- I can yeah, relate yeah, to everything yeah. you just said, Shannon, except for yeah. uh, the weight. Uh, wasn't faster than anybody. Uh, wasn't necessarily – was a good runner, uh, but the other guys were uh, just as good. Uh, and so I, I found a couple of niches. I could block and I could get you some tough yards. So uh, that, that relegated itself to being a fullback. <laughs> yeah, I, I was tailback in high school. And uh, Albertville is the hometown of John and Charlie and David Hanna. And they, they worked out very avidly there in town. And believe it or not, when I went off to college, it was, I never blocked. And uh, I actually learned how to, uh, you know, load block and so forth. And John Hanna, I worked out with him some. Um, and Charlie, you know, at the at the Albertville track, and he actually showed me how to, you know, he he was just a beast at at a pulling guard, and uh, I actually learned how to block from him. That's not so, a bad uh, coach. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So listen, hey, hey, my point is, I got a couple of points, and and it all revolves around you. I just love Martin Houston. I was a fan of yours back when you played. I, I'm just a, such a big fan of yours now. I think what you do for humanity and Alabama football is just spot on cue. Uh, I'm a deacon in my uh, church, so I'm very devout. So your, your, uh, your ministry and how you conduct yourself is to me, the epitome of what I call the Alabama factor, the Alabama legacy, because from Rich Wingo to all those guys to Charlie Pell and all those guys, they, they all were rough, rough football players who later became just very devout soldiers for Christ. And, yeah. uh, you know, John Hanna was a very, very uh, devout. Uh, he would get in your face and talk to you about Jesus. So I, a lot of people don't realize how many of you guys, alumni from Bama, are just such devout um, Christians who touch so many uh, with the ministry. So uh, Thank I think you for those kind words. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So um, from an Alabama football standpoint, uh, Martin, um, I, I listened to yesterday's show. I usually listen to it on the podcast. But, yeah, I'm one of those who is very concerned about Pete Golding. I don't think he's the man. Um, I realize we're in a modern day and, and defenses are different. But I just don't think we have an elite play caller, and that does concern me. I think we have the athlete. Uh, and I do think it's young in the season, so I think we will progress. So I, I'm, I'm kind of ascribing to, ascribing to your philosophy, hey, we're, we're going to get better. We're going to be fine. But I do wish Nick Saban would get this go-ahead and put Charlie Strong or some other elite defensive coordinator in there. I mean, that's, that's our MO at, at, at Bama, you know. For Brother Oliver, you know, Coach Donahue on back, we – I just feel like I would feel a lot better if we had an elite defense uh, guy running the show. 
And and second thing, I know you'll agree with me. You may not on the air, but I love Najee Harris. I love our running backs. But, Mark, they do not, I repeat, do not explode up into the hole. I mean, any running back coach will tell you to explode up into the hole. I mean, low, hard, and fast. I know that these offenses now you can read and jump cut and do a lot of things, and that that's fine. But there's times where you have to, and you did it so well, man. Uh, I mean, you were at the linebacker before he knew that you were there. I mean, that's how fast you got to the second level. And why don't why don't they why don't somebody teach him that? Well, I, I don't get it. So I'd like to hear your comments on that and and the defensive coordinator. Situation. Yeah, it, 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 I will. If it's okay with you, Shannon, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and get the break, but I'll come back and I'll address uh, the Pete Golden uh, question slash concern, and also I will also address uh, the running back uh, question. I do agree with you that these running backs today, uh, Alabama running back, even though I think Najee Harris is a good running back, uh, Najee Love. Harris has grown as a running back. But what you're Absolutely. bringing up um, uh, is a valid. But I, I'll tell you why I think it's a part of the way the game is played uh, versus necessarily the running backs. And then when they need to stick it up in there, why they can't. Uh, coaching high school football, I'll give you a little bit of that uh, conversation uh and why I think that is on the other side. And, hey, Shannon, thank you so much for those kind words. Uh, keep things uh, straight uh, up in uh, our neck of the woods. I appreciate you, and roll tide. Yeah, roll tide, roll tide. Yeah, I live up in Memphis, Tennessee now, so I'm, I'm with all these Ole Miss TV fans <laughs> up here. So. <laughs> well, you, hopefully you're going to have a good All right, thanks, I appreciate you. All right, coming back on the other side, we'll continue the conversation. We have John, who's holding, and then we'll have those two questions that Shannon uh, teed up for us. We'll address those in the second half. Also in the fourth quarter, we'll have Scotty Holland's Blueprint Ministries presented, the Christian Moment of the Week presented by Johnson and Marshall Dentistry. Tide 100.9 Traffic. The towns of Nissan Traffic Center, no wrecks on this Wednesday morning. Traffic moving well. Now, we do see some congestion on 69 northbound near Shelton and Bear Creek Road. If you see other conditions, just give us a call. It's dealing time at Towns of Nissan. They've got a tremendous selection with great cash back offers. I'm Captain Ray. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show, and I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Overflow Express Wash. Their mission is to provide great customer service with a showroom clean car and an exceptional customer service experience. They have the basic car wash that starts at $7, but you need to check out the premium wash packages, which start as low as $12 and go up to $20. They also have a membership wash club that you can get for starting at $23.99, going up to $39.99. In other words, just double the regular premium package, drop a penny, and you can be one of the great members of Overflow Express Wash. My family and I keep our cars looking good inside and out. 
by using Overflow Express Wash. They're located on Skyland Boulevard right next door to Alabama One, or you can find them online at overflowexpresswash.com. Andy Phillips and his team look forward to making you a part of their team. Nick Saban calls it the process. John Maxwell said that everything rises and falls on it. And Coach Wooden said it's what you learn after you think you know it all that makes the difference. What am I talking about? Leadership and personal development. Is your organization, your school, your church, your family, are they receiving the proper level of leadership development and personal development? If not, the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring can help you with that. We have our pep talks, which is a one to one and a half hour lunch and learn which we can customize to meet your needs, or we have some topics that we present that we know can help your organization. And if you're looking for one-on-one mentoring and coaching, we can also assist you with that. Visit peptalks35.com as peptalks35.com or send an email to martin at martinhouston.org. That's the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring. Welcome back to the Martin Houston Show, the sound of Bama sports. Your show, your team, on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Come back in with the Martin Houston Show. Thanks to the fine folks over at Alabama One. Alabama One, we're one together. Current promotion going on, three for one, 199. Uh, interest rates as low as 1.99, up to $250 cash back, as well as 60 days no pay. If you're a member, go ahead and go to alabama1.org and find out more about it, and you can even apply there online. If you're not a member, you can become a member. Uh, the membership fee is only $5.00 at Alabama One. Go check them out and become a part of the Alabama One family, Alabama One team. Alabama One, we're one together. All right. Had a couple questions uh, by Shannon. I'm going to address those real quick. And Virgil Williams uh, also had a a couple questions as well. First of all, uh, the running game. Let me address that real quick, and we'll dig deeper into that. Uh, maybe later on this week or as we move throughout uh, the season. But the running back and the way running backs approach the hole has as much to do with the style of offense as it does uh, the running backs themselves. You used to be able to simply look at a running back and say, man, he's not aggressive. He doesn't attack the hole. He he just, you know, he, he, he tiptoes. Well, now with a lot of the plays being read first of all a replay where uh, there's a lineman unblocked sometimes uh most plays uh, there's a read or an rpo attached to the running play and or both and so you have running backs who have to make sure that they don't go too fast so that the quarterback has a t- chance to read it sort of like an option and so they're standing deep in the backfield unlike the uh, traditional Maryland eye uh, or the veer or any of that where the running back is running from three and a half to four yards behind the quarterback. So the, while he's approaching the line, that dive guy is approaching the line, the quarterback has a chance to read it. In, the, in today's game, it's usually shotgun 
and the guy's standing right beside him. So the guy has to stand still while that read is happening, or he's crossing his face going slow. And once you get used to that, sometimes it can be hard to on the on the plays where it's an inside zone and you're supposed to go right away. Sometimes those running backs just don't hit the hole quite as fast because they can't just turn it off and on. Uh, I try to coach my guys on which one it is and understanding which one when they're supposed to go immediately on their footwork, when they're supposed to do a counter step, when they're supposed to do a pause step. I try to make sure that I coach them up on that and understanding when you're supposed to hit it, hit it hard. Also, with Pete Golding, that's going to be a conversation that probably runs on till something happened. Either he gets better uh, and, and the results we're looking for. Texas A&M had 450 yards of offense. I think the frustrating part for many Bama fans is the way the game started, uh, where they looked like they were having a, a lot of success, even though they didn't score. The way the game ended when the backup came in and it was still our starters in, he had success. And then the play of the tight end and the fullback or running back, I should say, I'm sorry, how they were able to get open consistently all game long. Uh, I think that's what the Bama fans are, are a little frustrated with. I think that will get better. And if it doesn't, Nick Saban needs to make a move. And is he willing to make that move? I don't know. And that's a, a good question that we will see an answer to at some point this season. Uh, running game was a question. Uh, Virgil Williams asked a true-false question. Uh, I'll read it as, as written. True or false, in today's game, would a player of the caliber, he was speaking to me, caliber of yourself be overlooked by the teams like Bama because of the position you play not being utilized anymore. Therefore, there would never have been a Martin Houston starting in Alabama, even though your talent was undeniable, just a circumstance as a style of play. Uh, that is true. Uh, and it was actually, <clears throat> excuse me, true of some offenses back then. Uh, I can tell you that uh, I wanted to, I was looking at going to Auburn and then um, I was looking at coming to Alabama and uh, liked Alabama, but wasn't really being recruited by them. And when they were looking at bringing in Bobby Bowden uh, as the head coach, I literally marked Alabama off my list if Bobby Bowden got the, the gig because at Florida State, he didn't use a fullback back then. Uh, and so I knew that I would not play. And there's a lot of young men that, that are impacted by that. And not being, you know, prideful or selfish, my son would be a much higher recruited uh, player in today's. I mean, in in my era, than he is in today's game. He is, he would actually be at the high school level. He is a much more dominant blocker than I was at the high school level. Now he's sleep and he doesn't know that, so don't anyone tell him that. Uh, but. But at that at this level, at this age, at this point in his career, he 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 can run the ball. Uh, he catches the ball better than I did. And he was he's a, a more proven blocker at this point. I was more of a runner. And so, uh, Virgil, you asking that question. He is an example of what you're talking about. I think he's overlooked because the position he plays uh, and what he brings to the game is not as utilized uh, in terms of they use a guy that's six six, six four, six five to do what he does in the game. All right, let's get to Shannon. Shannon, I mean uh, John. Sorry about that, John. You're in with the Martin Houston show. What's on your mind? 
Good morning, sir. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing well. Great. I just wanted to say, man, when when Shannon was talking about his admiration for all the things that you do, I spit out more amens than I did in the last two Sundays at church. <laughs> but uh, those of us who really appreciate the Alabama legacy have a great appreciation for you too, Martin. So that's Thank what you. that's about. Thank you. Anyway, listen, I'm looking down Clemson's schedule. I'm seeing, you know, Miami this weekend, and then they got Notre Dame. And I don't know before, that's the two toughest regular season teams that they've played in a long time. What do you think, and what do you think the chances are either of them knocking Clemson off? I think that uh, it'll be interesting. This is about the time, if you go back and look, it's usually, this is about, and Jacob, you can come in on this as well. I think this is about the time where they usually have Syracuse on the schedule. Uh, yeah. And, and, and this, I think, is the most talented offensive team. I don't know how well. They seem to be playing good defense in Miami even before this year. So if they're continuing to do that, I think it's the earliest I've seen Clemson have this type of game in a long time with a team that may be able to match their offensive output. Uh, wow! I think it's I think it's a good sh- chance that that they slip up on one of these two games. But uh, if I'm a betting man, I'm gonna go head to head. I'm gonna go uh, with Clemson until somebody dethrones the man. I'm gonna probably ride with the man, sort of like I do with Alabama. But I do think that this will be uh, the toughest challenge they've had this early in the season with a team that matches their talent. Jacob, what's your thoughts? I'd give North Carolina a better shot of beating Clemson than I do Notre Dame. I don't believe wow. in I don't believe in Ian Book whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> and you you got to have a quarterback that that can drive the field in order to to have a chance against Clemson. And uh, <laughs> North Carolina has that Notre Dame doesn't. That's an excellent you know, point. North Carolina is is one of those that that is just it two, it's two reasons. First of all, it's North Carolina. Uh, number two is you, you just like, did Mac recapture lightning in a bottle in his old age? And is he relating to those kids? Because you keep waiting on it to fall apart, but he keeps producing, Jacob. Well, I mean, Sam Howell is a big part of that. When you, yeah. Like I said, you've got a quarterback. You've got reason to believe you can win any game you're in. And yep. uh, Sam Howell has proven time and time again that he is the real deal, and uh, teams should be looking out for him in the ACC, and yeah. you know for the remainder of the season. Uh, <laughs> great, great point. Well, that that may mean that Clemson has three decent games in the regular season, then, because I know I had not been thinking about North Carolina in that way. But you bring up a very valid point, Jacob. So uh, we'll be watching for that one when that one rolls around as well. Uh, John, you got anything else before we get out of here? No, but I really appreciate that. Those were good points. Uh, when you also consider uh, how well coached North Carolina is, too, maybe they do have a shot. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks, John. All right. Hey, well, that's going. we're going to go ahead and wrap uh, up this third quarter. Uh, uh, go off the air. I mean, not off the air. Go into the break uh, with the question. Uh, someone, uh, Landon Dickerson, was asked, about the running game yesterday, uh, and he's not happy about the running game. He's not He's not feeling it. He thinks that the running game should be better. Uh, and so on tomorrow and Friday, we'll look at the running game a little, little more because that was one of my takeaways 
that I didn't get to dig into was this Alabama running game. Is it a result of the way the games have gone uh, in terms of production, or is it a sign of our offensive line? Because we thought this offensive line could be 2012-ish type caliber or one of the better offensive line uh, combos, and we weren't talking about the pass blocking. We were talking about run blocking. So we'll look deeper into that on tomorrow and Friday, and we want to invite you to stay tuned for uh, the next segment as we will highlight some kids from around Tuscaloosa, West Alabama, who are showing elite character uh, in the classroom and on the field of play with our Johnson & Marshall Dentistry Christian Moment of the Week with Scotty Hollins. That's up next. Tide 100.9 Traffic. In the towns of Nissan Traffic Center, still no wrecks, but we see steady traffic on McFarland in Northport down to the river and on Lurling southbound into downtown. If you see conditions, of course, give us a call. Get an October of a deal. Great savings and tremendous selection, and they need your trade at Towns and Nissan. I'm Captain Ray. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa Thread. Good morning. Bobby Herndon will return to the Northport Mayor's Office after defeating Dale Phillips by 577 votes and unofficial returns from Tuesday's runoff election. The runoff for Council District 4 was won by Jamie Dykes over Michael Doherty. In Brookwood, Council Place Number 1, Jana H. Jennery defeated Austin Herring. DCH is experiencing its largest COVID-19 inpatient number since late August. As of yesterday afternoon, DCH had 71 COVID-19 inpatients, 25 in intensive care. I'm Don Hartley, Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show, and I want to tell you about Tuscaloosa Custom Carving. If you're looking for a way to add value to your home, make your flower beds pop, make your landscaping stand out from your neighbors, then Tuscaloosa Custom Carving can help you do just that. They have numerous styles, but they feature the Moroccan Stone Curb Series, which includes four great styles and unlimited color choices. That's Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing. They are the one that can help you stand out from your neighbors. Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, 205-331-6823. You may also find yourself with the need for a custom size stone or, or custom shaped stone. Then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help with that as well. Paul Fuller and his team are waiting on your call right now for that free quote. And if you tell them that Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show told you to stop by, you'll get a big discount. So call Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing at 205-331-6823 or visit them online at Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, LLC. The sound of Bama sports. Your show. Your team. The Martin Houston Show. On your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome moment of the week and I want to thank Curtis Moore the second as well as Curtis Lewis pointing out a, a statement I made earlier in the third quarter where I said that uh, they would have North Carolina Clemson would have North Carolina on their schedule uh, they would have to make it to the ACC team, uh, game both of those they do not have them in the regular season uh, so thanks for that correction guys uh, but uh, that would be an intriguing matchup versus, as Curtis Moore the second put, a 7-5 and five Pittsburgh team. Maybe North Carolina can take care of their business, uh, and we'll see a good matchup there. 
As I said, it's time for us to get into the Johnson and Marshall Dentistry Christian Moment of the Week with Scotty Hollins. Good morning, Scotty. How you doing? Hey, good morning, hey, Martin. Good. I'm doing great. And how about you? You're doing well. Hey, I told everyone in the last segment we were going to highlight some kids who are uh, having some elite play, uh, both yes. in the classroom and on the field of play when it comes to uh, character. So I'll turn it over to you uh, and you take it from here. Thanks, Martin. Uh, yeah, we're back uh, back at it with our uh, Champions of Character Athletes of the Week um, with the Tuscaloosa City Schools. They are giving me the privilege of once again uh, uh, leading them in a character program. And uh, each week, uh, the coaches uh, pick uh, a, a, a student athlete who exemplifies that character quality, the character quality of that week, and we call them our Champion of Character for the week. So our Character quality this week was compassion. Our definition to them was helping others through tough times. Man, that's a good one, isn't it? Helping others through tough times. And uh, one thing we mentioned during our time uh, in, our, in our podcast that we do with them is that uh, tough times don't last, but tough people do. And one, one thing we realize about those tough people is they have compassionate people. They have people that are helping them through those tough times, and that's how, how they last. We have... As for our champions of character this week, we have LaJoya Nevins from Central High School, and she's a cheerleader. We have McKenna McNart, uh, Central High School. She's a cheerleader. And then from uh, Westline Middle, we have Micaiah Henderson for volleyball and Benaya Harris, once again, from volleyball. Moving on to Northridge High School, we have Lydia Paulette, uh, a volleyball player, and we have David Livingston. You know him, I'm sure, uh, Martin, as you, you – you, um, putting it down over there at Northridge. Uh, David Livingston is a Northridge High School football player. And then we got Northridge Middle School. We got Kathleen Vail, volleyball, and Paxton Schneckenberger, uh, cross country. I had to practice that one. And then we have <laughs> Kenneth Archibald for Bryan High School, um, and that's football. And then we have Naria Wilson for volleyball from Bryan High. And then finally we have Madison Williams from Eastwood Middle School. She's a cheerleader and Kelowna Thompson from Eastwood Middle School, and she's a cheerleader as well. So, again, that definition for them was helping others through tough times. And so, uh, as I well, do – go ahead. Yes, sir. No, I was going to say, just for the listener who just joined, tell them what that character trait is one more time. Yeah, that char character trait was compassion, uh, and it's helping others through tough times. And what I just read was our champions of character uh, for the week from our Tuscaloosa City School uh, middle school and high school athletes. And so that their message was helping us through sometimes what I do on your show, Martin, is I give, hey, what does the Bible have to say about that character quality? So we're going to give a, about two or three minutes on that. And uh, the verse that comes to mind, Martin, when I think of compassion, is uh, Matthew chapter 9, verses 36 to 38. And it's when Jesus, it's that Jesus came upon this multitude of people. And it says, as soon as he saw them, he was full of compassion. He didn't have a little bit, Martin. He didn't have just an ounce or even a good bit. He was full of it. He says, when he came upon this group of people, he was full of compassion. Here's why. It says he was full of compassion because as he looked at the people, they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. You hear that? Harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So then he turns to his disciples and says, hey, hey guys, look at this. The harvest is plentiful. Uh, and looks back at them and says, hey, but the labor is a few. It ain't much of many of us. And so he says, here's our strategy. You ready for the strategy? Pray to the Lord of the harvest 
to send more laborers into the harvest, if you really care about those who are harassed and helpless. So let's go back. He comes upon a multitude of people. He's full of compassion. And he's full of compassion because he looks at this group and they're harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Now, now one thing I, I think we've shared this passage before, and one thing we've looked at is the fact that Jesus was, uh, he, he probably saw every need that was represented in that area, right? Like, in other words, he saw every addiction, he saw every struggle, every difficulty that they were facing, but what he focuses on most isn't, you know, their individual struggles. He says they were harassed and helpless, like what, Martin? Like what? Sheep. Sheep. Sheep without a shepherd. And so what he was saying is, yeah, um, there's a myriad of needs in this um, multitude of people, right? But what he's saying is their greatest need is what? They're sheep without a shepherd, and he, Jesus, is the good shepherd. And he's saying their greatest need, although they're missing, I mean, there's lots of things they're struggling with. If only they had me, or, or not, you know, not me, but Jesus. Here's <laughs> that. Look, sheep without a shepherd, all they really need is a savior. And so I think that's pretty cool to think about um, as we think about the compassion when we. Um, see people who are harassing helpless, or when we're harassing helpless, do we understand that the best place for us to go is to our Savior, and the best place to lead others is to our Savior? That is awesome. Congratulations to our uh, champion, character champions of the week, and I give a special shout out to Lydia Paulette and David Livingston, volleyball, basketball with Lydia, football with David Livingston. Uh, showing the characteristic of uh, compassion. Thanks, uh, yep. uh, thanks, Scotty, and we'll catch up with you next week. Sounds good. All right, that's Scotty Hollins of Blueprint Blueprint Ministries. Uh, hey, listen, if you're uh, out there and you need a shepherd, uh, you're lost and harassed. Give Jesus an opportunity to be that for you. I'm Martin Houston. That's Jacob Harrison. This is the Hump Day edition of the Martin. Houston Show, remember this, trust in the Lord always, lean not your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct his path. Thanks for listening, guys, and roll tide. Celebrate and have a good time.